This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. Welcome back to Worth Recovery, podcast featuring women in sex addiction. My name is Amy. I'm your host here. I'm a sex addict. I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012. And uh, we just started school here um, and where I live in the United States. And most of you know that um, I am a math teacher, right? So I taught math at the high school level for a while. I've tutored math my whole life. I made it through college, mostly tutoring math. <laughs> I got, um, that was a pretty well-paying job if you're in college, P.S. Uh, and I, I've i always loved math. And then I currently teach uh, at a university. And I don't teach in the, like I teach in the math department, but I teach in the developmental math department. So these are kids who don't qualify immediately to take college algebra, like the standard, you know, math class that you have to have to graduate. And so they need a little bit of help before that. And sometimes they need a lot of help and sometimes they just need a little bit of help. And so we have some uh, really lower division classes that allow them to get that help that they need so that they can take college algebra and be successful in math. And that's what I do. I teach those lower, those lower level math classes. And uh, sometimes it's hard because Um, You know, some students need a lot of math help. And I have to remember sometimes that the concepts that I'm teaching, I might have learned early on and they might have clicked really easily for me. But for some of them, it might not have been that way. And maybe for some of you, math has never been that way. And I get that. And, uh, And so at the beginning of the semester... I always prepare this speech and I kind of give the same talk at the beginning of the semester because for two reasons. One, uh, I don't want my students to be super discouraged about where they are, right? A lot of them are like, maybe they have to take two classes before they can take college algebra. Or maybe, you know, they are super scared about even just showing up in a math class. They don't want to be there. They have a lot going on and just a variety of things. And I, I don't want them to be discouraged. I want them to have enough courage and enough um, hope to actually try and see if they can, you know, learn math. So the first reason I give this speech is to kind of encourage them. Um, and second is I don't want them to feel stupid, right? A lot of them, some of them, not a lot of them, but many of them, if I teach a night class, for instance, Uh, A lot of them are older adults that are returning to college and they probably haven't had a math class for some to some of them for 20 years, 25 years. And they're returning to school and they're, you know, they feel stupid. They feel really stupid going in. And and so I want to try to alleviate a lot of those concerns that they have and really hope to hopefully give them the motivation that they need in order to put in a really good effort and a really good try for the semester. And as I was giving the speech this year, this kind of prepared talk that I give, I thought, oh man, 
this is recovery if I have ever heard it, right? Like, maybe it's just because I live, breathe, and eat recovery all of the time. Maybe it's just because I'm really sensitive to recovery topics and issues in general. But as I was giving this speech this year, I thought, you know what? I need to I need to record this. I need to put this on the podcast because hopefully... By listening to this today, you will walk away with a little bit more hope um, and you won't be so discouraged about maybe where you're at and the work that you have ahead of you. And also, you won't feel stupid um, that you'll kind of start to see some of the the issues and the concerns that maybe set you up to be a sex addict or an addict in general, or if you're not a sex addict, to just be where you're at in your life. Because there are so many different contributing factors. Um, and so that's my goal for today is that in, in sharing this with you, you'll be able to also gain some hope and not feel so stupid and know what maybe some of your next actions need to be in the course of your recovery, wherever you're at in your recovery. So the speech goes something like this. <laughs> it feels weird giving this. Um, and I, I'm going to use, uh, I'm going to use the math terminology that I use at the beginning and then uh, we'll talk a little bit about how this applies to, to your recovery, uh, to addiction in general. So I usually start out and I give them the outline. You know, you are in math. I'll just make up a class number. You are in math 920. And math 920 is a preparation class for you to be able to get to math 1050, which is the class that you need in order to graduate. So you've got to take 920. Usually you've got to take 990, 1020, and then 1050. And and there's a I know that's a lot of classes and I know that's a lot of things. And we talk, I talk a lot about how, you know, maybe depending upon the class level where they're at, this might not, you know, actually apply towards your college credit. Um, it might give you some elective credit, but it's not going to factor into your GPA and, you know, and things like that. And and you need to know that all of the information that you're going to learn in this class, every single piece of this information that you're going to learn in Math 920, you had to learn in order to graduate from high school. So if you graduated from high school, you had to know this material at some point in time in your life. Maybe you just didn't remember it very well. Maybe you didn't really learn it really well. Maybe you cheated your way through math class. You know, whatever the situation was, something happened but you had to have learned this material at one point in time in order to graduate from high school. And so you might feel really discouraged sitting here thinking, I don't, I don't remember any of this. Like, I don't, I, this is all foreign to me or however you might feel. So I want you to know that this is how life works. (laughs) I really give this, I'm feeling really stupid giving, sheepish, I should say, giving this uh, speech to you over my podcast, but this is really how I do it in class. So I like to say, what I say next is, you know, in order to be successful in higher level math classes, you have to have a solid foundation of mathematical fundamentals, right? You need to know how to add and subtract, multiply, divide, how those work together. You need to how to know how to do that with positive numbers and with negative numbers and with a combination. You need to know how to solve equations and what like terms are. You need to know how to work with decimals. You need to know how multi, um, 
variable equations look. You need to know how to graph an equation, a straight line, or a parabola, or a circle. There, you know, Whatever class I'm in, I kind of give some of those details, and I just say you need to know all of these things in order to be successful in higher level math classes. And most likely what happened for you is that somewhere in your mathematical journey, in somewhere either elementary school, maybe in um, intermediate middle school or intermediate school, maybe high school, somewhere along those lines, you something happened and you missed a piece of that foundation and you have a hole in your foundation and you might have multiple holes and there are lots of different reasons you might have that hole. Maybe you know, I know like when I was in third grade, I got bronchial pneumonia and I was out of school for two months. Maybe that was you. And you never quite understood that concept again when they tried to reteach it or it just kind of, you kind of got lost in that shuffle. Maybe you had something traumatic happen at home and you just did not pay attention. Maybe you struggled with math. Maybe you had a teacher who hated math. And so they didn't really teach you a lot and they just kind of glossed over some subjects or couldn't really answer your questions. Or maybe you got into high school or middle school and you just, you know, you wanted to do football more than math or friends more than math or something more than math and you just kind of got lost in that shuffle. Maybe you were able to learn enough to kind of pass the test, but you could never retain it, right? Or maybe something really traumatic happened and you lost a parent or a sibling or you were in a car accident or whatever the situation is. There could be a million different reasons why you have a hole in your foundation. But nevertheless, the hole is there. It doesn't matter. You can, you can hate that it's there. You can be mad that it's there. You can throw a fit and blame your teacher. You can blame your parents, whatever you want. Doesn't matter. The hole is there. So our job in this class is to first identify those holes and then second, fill them in, right? Give you the information and knowledge that you need in order to fill that hole. So that when you leave this class, you have a more solid foundation of mathematical fundamentals and you can operate within the mathematical world. So if you're in 920, we're gonna fill in a certain number of holes. And then when you go to 970 or 990, you're gonna fill in another set of holes. And when you get to 1020, you're gonna fill in another set of holes. And then you'll be ready for 1050 because you'll have that solid foundation of mathematics. Now, the next thing I say, the next thing I talk about is the problem with those holes. There's not a problem with them. The problem, or um, no. Sorry, <laughs> let's go back. I A lot of times I'll say, you might automatically know what those holes are. You might in your head know, already know, like, this is what I can't do. And typically when I say that, there's a lot of students like nodding their heads, like, yes, I know what I can't do, right? And so they already know. I said, okay, that's awesome. If you already know what your hole is, then from the very beginning of class, you need to be working on that hole. If your hole is that you don't do well with positive and negative numbers, then you need to be working on that hole from the very beginning of class. And I'll give them some resources on what they can do to be working on that problem. If your hole is that you never really, you know, understood multiplication or multi-digit multiplication, then we need to work on that. If your hole is word problems, then we need to spend a lot of time working on word problems, right? Whatever your hole is, we need to figure that out. If you know what it is already, awesome. You can start working on it. Okay. If you don't know what it is, 
then we're going to figure it out as we go along because you're going to get to some of these, you know, modules that we do and it's going to be super easy and you're going to breeze through it. And then you're going to hit that module and another module and you're going to like find yourself in the bottom of a hole in the dark and you're looking around and you're like, Amy, Amy, I don't, I don't know where I am. I don't know what's going on. And usually I get a little dramatic because my college students think it's funny when I'm a little dramatic and and I'm going to be, and you're going to like huddle down in the corner and you're going to start crying and you're not going to know what to do. And if you sit there for too long, you know, I, I'm not going to know to come look for you. If you're not calling out, if you're not asking for help, if you're not telling me that you need help or asking, you know, other people, if you're not saying, wow, I'm in the hole, I'm not going to know that you're going to need, that you need extra help or that you need extra resources or you know, to even really come looking for you if you're not in communication with me or telling me where you're at with that hole. And so I make him commit that right then and there. I say, okay, if you find yourself in a hole, you need to tell me. You need to say, Amy, I'm in a hole. And I'll, exact, I'll know exactly what that means and we'll be able to figure it out and we'll be able to, f- to start filling in that foundation so that you're back up to the top right? Not in the bottom in the dark crying, but back up at the top and able to move on. And so you don't fall into that hole next time around. Um, so that's kind of the speech that I give <laughs> a variation of that. And this year, as I was sharing that with uh, my students, I just was like, oh man, this is recovery. If I've ever heard it, right? I think that my students really like that for, like I said, for a couple of reasons, I think it makes them feel, um, that there's hope, that we're just filling in the foundation. It's not that they're stupid. It's not that they don't know a lot of things. It's not that they can't be successful. It's just that there's some holes there and they just keep falling into them. And rather than fall in, we need to fill them up and understand it and and rebuild that foundation so that it's solid, so it doesn't trip them up. And I think that they really appreciate the acknowledgement that, that they have hope that they can move forward, that we can fix the holes and that they have a responsibility in fixing the holes that I am not just going to automatically go looking for them, you know, walking around. Hey, where are you? Where are you? Like you have a responsibility in this process too. And that is to find the resources that you need. And I can be of help for that, but you ultimately have the responsibility to, to fill in that hole. So as I was giving that speech, which I have given multiple times this semester, because sometimes students forget, right? And so a few weeks in, they need a reminder. Um, but I, I was really thinking about how much that applies to recovery. I think we sometimes get into recovery and we feel really stupid and we wonder where we are and why we can't do things and what's wrong and, and why we aren't quote like normal, right? And why these things happen to us and not other people and we kind of start that comparison trap and we feel really ashamed and we feel really scared and we feel a lot of times really hopeless depending upon, you know, the circumstances that we have getting into recovery. And so I just wanted to remind you today that somewhere along your journey in life, whether that was, you know, with your parents, um, with your siblings, what, whatever's going on in your life, somewhere in your journey, Um, there's a hole in your, in your emotional or, um, 
brain chemistry and I mean, however you want to describe that, right? Like I'm a, I'm a big proponent that addiction is just a symptom. Addiction is a symptom that there is a bigger problem. And that bigger problem are these holes that you keep falling into in your life. And those holes can take a lot of different forms, right? Maybe it was an attachment wound that you had when you were younger because something happened between you and your caregivers. Uh, Maybe it's an enmeshment wound. Maybe it's just an escape. Maybe it's a lot of grief that you never were able to feel as a child. Maybe it's compartmentalization. Maybe something happened tragically, you know, whether to you or to someone else that you witnessed. Um, Maybe you were a victim. Maybe you were a perpetrator. Um, I don't know, right? But somewhere along the line, there were some holes for you. And those holes have followed you into adulthood. And now, rather than um, using those holes, sometimes I think as children, we want those holes. We use them as escapes. We go into the dark and we fall down into the corner and no one can see us. And so in that way, having a hole makes us not a target for someone maybe, right? And maybe that was just comforting to sit in the dark and be alone and not have to, you know, deal with the pressure of what was around us. And so we developed these kind of holes, these coping mechanisms that we had when we were younger. And for a lot of us, those coping mechanisms were survival. They were what kept us alive. They were what kept us moving forward. I get emotional talking about that because I, I definitely look at a lot of the coping mechanisms that I had as a child um, as survival tactics. And a lot of the women that I coach, a lot of the women that I know in recovery, when you hear their whole story and you understand what happened to them, you say, of course you did that. Of course you did that. What else would you have done? Like that was the only way that you could have sur- survived that situation. But, but what they do is they leave these holes in our foundation And what was a maybe successful coping mechanism as a child follows us into adulthood and no longer serves us anymore. And so it's time for us as adults when we get into recovery to take a survey of the holes that we have in our foundation. For those of us that are sex addicts, intimacy disorders that you know that we have, there can be a variety of holes that we have in our foundation. There might be a trauma hole. Maybe you were a victim of trauma. Maybe you experienced trauma. Maybe you perpetrated trauma. I don't know. That could be one of your holes, right? I mean, there's just so many grief, loss, uh, enmeshment, avoidance, abandonment, attachment. There are so many different types of holes or wounds that we can have. And it's our job in recovery to identify those wounds, And to identify those holes. And sometimes it means we fall into them uh, because we're just walking along and all of a sudden we're in the dark in the bottom of a hole and scratching our head and wondering how we got so beat up on the fall on the way down and recognizing the familiarity of that hole maybe and and not knowing how to get out or not knowing what to do next. Um, And sometimes we just sit there in the dark and we look around and we don't reach out and we don't talk. But we isolate ourselves and we think, wow, here I am in the dark and I don't know what to do next. And I'm scared maybe. 
or we start getting discouraged or depressed. Like here I am again in the dark. Like when am I ever going to get this right? When am I ever going to stop doing this and stop falling into this hole? And so we get stuck and we don't always reach out and ask for help. Just like my math students get stuck and they don't always reach out and ask for help because they're embarrassed or because they're scared or because they don't want anyone to know they're in the bottom of a hole. I know that's part of my problem. I don't want people to know I'm in the bottom of a hole when that's where I am. Um, And so for whatever reason, we stay there and we don't get the access to the resources that we need in order to get out of the hole. But my friends, it's just a hole, right? It's not the end of the world. It's not a pit of fire and, and doom. It's not hell by any means. It's just a hole. It's a hole in the foundation. And what you need is you need to fill that hole in, which means you need to really learn about what that hole is about and where it came from. Um, Maybe you can't figure everything out, but you can figure out, you can at least define it, what that hole is, why you have it, what leads you into that hole, what trips you up so that you fall into that hole. And then how do I get out of the hole, right? I feel like some of the holes in my life, I have um, a really big hole called enmeshment. If you're not familiar with that term, you can look it up. (laughs) Basically, it means that uh, with me and my family, there were not really defined boundaries where I ended and my family began or where my family ended and I began. Um, And so particularly like with my, with my mom, that was a a really big issue for me. Uh, I recently found, uh, as I was going through some of her boxes and things, she had some letters that we, that we had written to her that she kept. I found one. I'm, I was nine years old when I wrote this letter and, uh, it says something like, why are you so sad all the time? When you're sad, I'm sad. When you cry, I cry. Right. And I mean, I'm nine years old, guys, and like I can't differentiate my feelings between what my mom is feeling and what I'm feeling. And it says, you know, when you cry, I cry. When you're sad, I'm sad. When you're mad, I'm mad. So I need you to, basically it says I need you to stop being that way. (laughs) I need you to be happy. And then it just says like, I love you so much and I don't understand, like how can I make you happy? And so as a nine-year-old child, right, that's how I was feeling. Um, and I couldn't differentiate my feelings between, you know, someone else and me. And it wasn't just my mom. I I felt that way about all my siblings pretty much. Uh, that followed me into adulthood for a very long time. Um, I know when I got into recovery, I realized that, uh, as an adult, I had never lived in the same, like with really in the same state as my parents. Um, and it took me a long time to realize why that was, but it was because that was the only way I could find like separation between our emotions, right? Like if I wasn't around, then I just couldn't pick up my mom's emotions all the time. So it took me a long time to figure out what that enmeshment hole looked like, um, why it was there, how I got tripped up and fall into that hole. And then like the, you know, I started laying a little bit of sand in the bottom and being like, oh, okay, like that's what this is about. And so I put a little bit in the bottom, but it doesn't mean I didn't fall in again. I did. And I would, every time I fell in, I would put a little bit more 
you know, ground in the bottom, a little bit more sand, try to fill that in a little bit more sand, a little bit more sand, a little bit more sand, right? It doesn't mean that I filled in the hole completely immediately, but every time I fell into it, I knew what it was and I could figure a way out and I knew how to get out and I could start to put in more groundwork, right? More sand into that hole. I think that that is definitely one of the reasons that this last year has been so difficult for me is because, um, wow, gosh, uh, I was so, I am so used to being so in tune with my mom's emotions. It's where I plugged in for good or for bad. I think it definitely got better in recovery. I wasn't so dependent on my mom. Um, I definitely learned like how to differentiate emotions and feelings. I got a lot, a lot, a lot better at it. I would say like, you know, I don't know, 500% better at it. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like I didn't have a whole differentiation. And so when my mom passed away and I didn't have those emotions to plug into, again, for good or for bad, for bad most of the time as an adult, um, I didn't have that uh, connection there. I, I was lost, right? Um, and that was another layer, right? I fell into that hole of enmeshment, um, but it looked a little different this time. Because there wasn't, you know, the ways that I had gotten out before weren't going to work this time around. Um, and so there was just, you know, new, new layers, right? New things I had to learn. And I feel like in the last year, with a lot of help from a lot of different people, I've been able to lay some more sand into that hole. And, uh, and it, it's not, it doesn't feel like falling anymore, right? It doesn't feel like, a, and I'm not in the dark when I fall into that hole anymore. Um, it's just a little trip and I might hit the ground. I might not, I might just stumble a little bit and not quite hit the ground, um, with that one anymore, but it took a lot of work and it took a lot of identification and it took a lot of understanding and it took, um, a lot of awareness and it took a lot of help, a lot of resources. And I feel like that's true about a lot of different holes that I have had in my life. And some of them I'm aware of and some of them I'm not quite aware of in my foundation that, that, they are, that that's a hole, that that's a problem. And But every time I fall into it, I can pull myself back up and lay some more sand in the bottom. And soon, you know, that foundation becomes a lot more solid. So my goal in telling you and sharing this with you today is hopefully, you know, a couple different things. One, it's just a hole, guys. Like, you can figure it out. There are lots of resources and help for you to figure that out. There are ways out. You do not have to sit at the bottom. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're a horrible person. All of us have holes in our foundation that we're trying to fill in to help us have healthier relationships. We're never going to be perfect. It's never going to be a perfect foundation without any bumps or grooves or, you know, notches or anything like that. It's never going to be perfect, but it doesn't have to be as deep. Those holes don't have to be as deep and we can start to start to fill them in. And I hope that you understand that we all have them, right? No matter what it is, we all have those holes. And a lot of times those holes, whatever they are, are the bigger issue that gave us a symptom of addiction, a way to escape, 
um, a way to make that whole either maybe not so lonely, right? Maybe we have a love addiction and we seek relationships because being in that hole all by ourselves is just unfathomable. We don't want to be so alone. And so we look for those relationships um, compulsively over and over again. Um, And maybe you had an alcohol or a substance issue as a way to escape from being in that hole. Whatever it is, that addiction that you have been struggling with, whether that's controlling, right? Maybe you want to control situations so you don't fall into the holes. And maybe you want to, you know, put traps on the top of them so that you stay away from them, right? Like maybe controlling is is what your addiction or what your symptom has been like um, to try to, to avoid the holes. The truth is we have them and we all need to fall into them because that's the only way that we can identify them a lot of the times and be able to pull ourselves out with help. Because when you're down there in that hole, the only way out is to ask for some help. And that help can be in the form of a friend, a 12-step group, a therapist, a recovery coach, whatever it is, you've got to have some help to get out of that hole. So I just want you to know, (laughs) math students, right? (laughs) Whether you're my math students or my friends, that um, there is hope. There is a way out that we can fill those holes in. I've spent this last year, um, I think the death of my mom and kind of um, having both my parents gone, uh, uncovered some holes for me. Um, Maybe some, you know, that I had filled in some way and filled in in some way, but a little bit, I understood a little bit more about that hole. And I also think it maybe identified some holes that I just hadn't really understood before. And it can feel very lonely and isolating. And I'm really grateful for the people that have helped me to kind of work through some of that and to understand it a little bit more. But we're all just helping each other fill in our own foundations so that we can have that more solid place to stand and to ground ourselves and to understand what's going on. Well, I hope that you found this helpful today. Um, I hope that you can really use that uh, analogy um, and start to name some of those holes that you fall into and get the resources that you need in order to pull yourself out. So uh, that's my whole story today. (laughs) Um, I just want you to know that no matter what's going on in your life, no matter where you're at right now, even if you're in the dark at the bottom of a hole crying, curled up in fetal position, it doesn't matter. It's okay. I, I get that. Um, and I want you to know that no matter what the situation is, that you are worth recovery. 100% worth it. I know that. And if you don't, you can just trust me until you do. I think about you. I pray for you. And I love you. Until next time, Amy. stuff.
The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.